down. <laughs> like my voice cracked. <clears throat> you found it. The Japan What Podcast. Blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo. I'm your host, Matt Bigelow. And I'm Mike Rogers, uh, co-host of the show with Matt Bigelow. You know, I've got a question about the the, the title of the show or the, the little catch copy, Blowing Hot Air Out the Back of Tokyo. Yes. It's so hot. How can it be hotter than what it is? I mean, I think yesterday was 38 degrees. Good morning. We it was 38, 39. I've even heard it's up to 79 degrees Celsius in certain parts of the Kanto area. This brings into blowing hot out of the back end of Tokyo. It actually it's it's it it, you're right. In the summertime, I I should be changing it to blowing hot (laughs) hot swass out of the back end of Tokyo. It it rained the other day, folks. It rained the other day in in the middle of August. Very rare. It rained, and when it rained, the rain hit the street, and it just created steam. So it was even more humid than normally. That's all it does. Yeah, Tokyo is this weird (laughs) place. Uh, The the Japanese Alps, as they're called, uh, they they serve as two things, a good thing and a bad thing, two sides Mm -hmm. of a a double-edged sword. In the wintertime, they prevent mm-hmm. all of the crazy air from Siberia blowing into the uh, Tokyo area. And so it all mm. collects in the Tohoku area, producing all the great sake and, and ski resorts. Oh. Mm. But because uh, I've, I've been to the Tohoku area in, in March and things like that, and the clouds are so thick, it looks like, like uh, soggy cotton candy. And as you come oh. up over the, over the top of the, uh, the mountains and get into the Karuizawa area and, and Nagano or whatever it is, uh, you, you break a crest and uh, brush mm. your teeth. You come down the other side and, and it's it's clear as day. And so that's why we have like six months of straight sun in the wintertime. But then the opposite is is true with all of the the, the the this is my weather report all of the all of the the, the tube of of streaming humidity that's coming up through mm-hmm. uh, the straits uh, uh, from the Philippines and, and Formosa, and it kind of climbs up the island chain and it slams into Tokyo and into the mountains on the Tokyo side. It has nowhere to go. There's the Tokyo, the Kanto Plain. The, yeah. It just sort of sits on this bed of uh, 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 heat, and it, uh, this humidity mm. just kind of seeps in and soups into your ass for about three or four months. Wow. Well, can I- I, I keep doing this on this show and uh, getting off the subject. Um, but do you know, um, you know what, you know what Fugu is, right? Yeah, what'd you call me? Yeah, I know what Fugu is. Oh, Fugu. Fugu is, but do you know what Fugu it's, it's was? It's a poison, poison fish, right? It's... Yeah, poison fish. But do you know what the plan um, the Japanese military used in World War II with a balloon called Fugu? You know, oh, know were these the ones that they put into the uh, the jet stream to to try to light, right. they try to light Oregon on fire? Yeah, they, in 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 World War II, the United States government, the military, didn't know well about jet streams, so that's why when they finally built, I think I think B twenty four super whatever it is bombers, they would fly so high and then drop their bombs. The wind would blow the bombs way out of the. <laughs> where they wanted to have the bombs drop. But the Japanese understood about the jet streams and their big weapon 
uh, during World War II was called Fugu, and it's a, it was a big balloon. They launched them out from <laughs> they launched them out from somewhere I don't know in Tokyo or whatever, and they're just big balloons that flew over the Pacific Ocean and landed somewhere around in like you know Oregon mountains or Nevada or something like that. And uh, the most recent person that was killed by one of these things, I think, was 1978. A woman riding her horse out. It was it was either Nevada or Oregon? I can't remember. And she found this thing and exploded. Blew her up. The horse too, her I up. believe. So anyway, so the, the Japanese. The Japanese probably. I was thinking about this now. Person who came up with this idea had never been to the United States, I think. And the reason being is probably they go to Harajuku on Sunday, right? Something like that. Yeah, they go to Harajuku on Sunday, see millions and millions of people all packed around there like, I got a great idea. If we just make a balloon and drop it down in front amongst these people, it's going to cause real hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then, you know, the, the person go, who goes go. to the crowd that one day who doesn't like crowds and immediately <laughs> becomes a genocidal maniac. Yeah. So anyway, um. Anyway, I'm just getting off the subject well, here. Well, <laughs> there's the Battle of Los Angeles, which a lot of people believe was a UFO attack on L.A., and that's when these giant uh, UFOs apparently uh, came across the, uh, L.A. and started bombing the place, and then the, the military, the American military responded, and they were shooting these giant UFOs. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. They wouldn't crash. Some people allege that that was a very sophisticated Japanese balloon bomb uh, that was occupied by humans inside. the the bottom wow. The bottom was was hollowed out, and mm -hmm. there could be humans that would run around on the inside. And oh, uh, apparently, uh, the Dep Japanese uh, Navy at the time and the Air Force to to conserve on on materials used really small people. Because you wouldn't need to, you would, you could save materials on the design of cockpits and and uniforms mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So when the, the, the people found like weird aliens, it was maybe just really tiny Japanese people who'd shaved all of their hair so that they could work comfortably <laughs> in these giant <laughs> balloons that were Wait, coming Matt, over the airstreams. Is this a story or is this a script you've written for a movie? <laughs> I got, yes, I, I've been I've been going into elevators in Sony Studios, but I haven't heard uh, anything back yet. Now that was that's just a crazy idea that I heard one night on uh, listening to Coast to Coast AM with <laughs> George Dewey. Ah. This was probably twenty five years ago. Um, so, anyways, but yeah, there's all this sophisticated uh, balloon weaponry going on. Funny you should bring that up because. Mm. This is mm. the 75th anniversary of World War II ending in Japan. Did you know that? That's right. We yeah, had, I, knew uh, that. I knew that. But because of the coronavirus, mm. nobody could actually go to the Budokan in Tokyo to attend the commemoration. Um, but have you ever been to Yaskuni Shrine? Oh, yeah, many times. I've been there a few times. I used to, I used to, work, I, I used to work in Itabashi. Yes, it's pretty and, nearby. That's yeah. So I, I, I didn't know anything. Like, uh, and yeah, I didn't couldn't speak Japanese or anything. Didn't know anything. And I used to go to this temple or shrine or I don't know what it was that was nearby and sit down and eat my lunch there every day. 
And then somebody told me, you're eating at Yasukuni Shrine. And I was like, so? They're like, that's the memorial to the Japanese war dead. And I was like, yeah, so? <laughs> so? <laughs> but it's but, pretty um, inappropriate. But um, I, I went there one year on August 15th uh, to oh. see what was going on. It's crazy. It is insane what goes down on the Askuni Shrine on August 15th, because that's the day where Japan kind of threw in the towel on World War II. I don't really that's know right. how to say it without sounding offensive. But um, it's, it's, it's a fair. It's a zoo. And there's so much going on. Outside of the shrine, you have a whole bunch of um, activists for various Asian causes around, like the Uyghurs mm-hmm. uh, are there, the Rohingya are there. And they're outside of the temple as you come up. And they're trying to get people in on their cause before you go into the, the Yaskuni Shrine. But once you're mm. in the Yaskuni Shrine, you have a whole bunch of um, uh, Japanese ultra-right-wing nationalists. And I, and I don't mean that yeah. in a Washington Post kind of way. I mean, these people are wearing uh, World War II-era soldiers' uniforms. Some guys are walking around with replica swords and you got these navy guys and 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 women on the sidelines applauding them on and uh you also have um certain younger japanese people who are wearing a uh, german ss gear because of the very German- good very good yeah it's, yes. it's really strange <laughs> seeing uh, like a 25 year old japanese guy with a with an ss cap uh, walking around trying to relive the 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 german the fascist Germany was winning the war. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, you would you but like, hey, hey, little Asian man, you want a SS cup? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's insane. But once you get to the very back, every year it's the same guy. I took a picture of this guy. This guy's huge. He's like he looks like an ex sumo type, and he has a giant flag, the Hinomaru flag, or, or no, the World uh, War II era flag. It's 35, 36 degrees heat. Uh, he is totally Nishoka, the one with the. The, the, all the lines the, the, coming off of it. Yeah, 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 it's called Nishoka. That's right. And he's he's holding this flag. And I watched a Vice documentary a few years ago. The same guy was there. Uh, giant 35-degree heat dude just sitting in the sun with this giant flag. But then what really gets me is at the very, very back, you have a whole bunch of really old, normal Japanese men and women in their formal suits walking into the temple to pay their respects to the dead. And that's, yeah. that's where, that's the actual whole meaning of the place. So, well, once there's something that a lot of foreigners don't understand about Yasukuni, um, especially, I think a lot of the foreigners who are protesting against it. Yeah. There, just, there is they're, no, they're just a virtue signaling liberals. Yeah. There is no cemetery there. There's no, there's no place where there's no bones, there's no ashes buried there. Yeah, people are commemorated, it, isn't that what it's called? Yeah. So what I think I think that it means is some book somewhere, um, some family paid money to have their guy's name written down in the book, and that's it. Uh, so I, I actually went there one year to look for the cemetery, because but that's a shrine. Shrines yeah. don't have cemeteries, so that. I went and looked and I walked around and I thought, hey, there's no cemetery here. So what's everyone complaining about? So the names of horses and dogs. War criminals. 
War criminals, Mike. That's where war criminals go. You may as well be sucking on Stalin's cock. <laughs> the but it's like, but it's like, um, and really, it makes sense because Japanese um, burn the ashes of their deceased relatives anyway, and then they'll bury them at a Buddhist um, temple, right? But the shrine is a is a Shinto religion. So I don't, I still yeah, don't it's, totally it, it, figure it out. People just go, oh, really? You're going to go there and celebrate people that were war criminals? You're a monster. It's, uh, I could kind of see maybe 50 years ago having that idea, but these days yeah. the, the culture is changing. I've been, have you, well, the, the museum there is also very interesting because they have a whole very bunch of, uh, replicas and actual copies or not copies, but yeah, they have like the F zero fighters intact. You can go in yeah. and, and see all of the equipment that was used. And, um, it was really crazy because I was in the museum that was mem- commemorating the whole war. Uh, the, what's it called? The Asian co-prosperity sphere, something like that. Yeah. And Greater East Asian co-prosperity. Story. That's right. And then there's the the minute of silence. And I was in the the part of the museum where there's this just this giant memorial, not memorial, but posters, all this kind of war stuff, reasoning why. Yeah. And then we do the minute of silence, and I'm in the middle of this this museum, and there's all these just super quiet Japanese people, kind of taking a moment of yeah. silence mm-hmm. and I, I i wanted to observe it and i i kept my eyes open and i kind of looked around a bit and and the fabric brushing against my skin was the loudest thing in the room like everybody could tell somebody was looking around that's how quiet oh. it was crazy but wow check this out it's the first time in four years that any cabinet ministers have paid their respects at the shrine on august 15th Takaichi told reporters that she's visited the shrine every year, regardless of whether she's a cabinet minister or not. It's up to people to decide how to honor those who have died for their country, and it should not be turned into a diplomatic issue. So there we go. The uh... Well, no, I, I, I agree with her. It shouldn't be a diplomatic issue. The United States, what, what is it we have in this... Uh... Arlington, that, I mean, and that's a proper cemetery. Yeah, and but the United States won. Don't you understand? Yeah, yeah if I, you <laughs> lose, you're not supposed to do that. But yeah. if you win, you are. But wait, wait. So th- th- this brings up a very con- weird contradiction. So in Arlington, there are arguably war criminals buried there, and so it's no problem. Yes, they're for called the Americans. Yeah, no problem for the U.S. president to go visit that. Oh no, place. it's great. Nobody, nobody, nobody complains. But if a Japanese prime minister goes to Yasukuni, where there is no one buried there, like I said, and um, that's right because the Japanese burn. Yeah, well, and they're going to bury him at a Buddhist temple. But anyway, um, people will complain about that. But yesterday was August fifteenth, the official end of the war, and it's a national holiday only in Japan. Would there be a country that has a national holiday on a day they won the war or lost the war? Lost the war. Me. Yeah, lost the war. Um, she was a chick as well. That's also yeah. an interesting point that we have female cabinet ministers going to Yaskuni Shrine 
Uh, I think, yeah, getting tired a little bit of, of just like, well, what if the Koreans and the Chinese get angry? Shouldn't you just stop it then? A lot of people are going, nah, screw off, buddy. Oh. Let me live my life, man. Um, so there we go. Yeah, if people go, if, if someone wants to go to a church service for someone maybe that they respect or family or what, what, who cares? No, it's only if you win the war. If you lose the yeah, war, I know, I know. You're, you're, you're basically Hitler forever. Um, but, all right, wait, wait. Okay, now I want to defend the greater East Coast prosperity sphere. Oh. Well, this is going to really get, just hate me up. But during the war, um, and the war with China started actually in the 1800s, but... Um, there was one the of real those, yeah. There was the yeah, Sino-Japanese yeah. um, War. 1894, 1895. Yeah, but um, Japan, um, Taiwanese people, especially older people, love the Japanese. And the reason being is that in Taiwan, Japan installed a civilian government to run Taiwan. And the civilian government built schools, roads, hospitals, everything for the people in Taiwan. Recently, the founder of Taiwanese democracy, I can't remember his name, he died, and he was born in Taiwan, and this was before the uh, the Chinese um, Republic escaped from China during the the Revolutionary War. And uh, he lived in, he was educated by Japanese until he was like twenty two or something, and he was a big fan mm-hmm. of Japan too. So there there were good things, but then of course the whole you know it, it was a messy time. But there was a black and white time, and recently. Uh, people have been using artificial intelligence to colorize photos of the atom bomb dropping on Hiroshima. Really? It's really interesting. So this one is called uh, AI atom bomb coloring, and it's using AI to color a black and white photo of the Hiroshima atom bomb explosion. The AI is useful in identifying the accurate colors of natural things, such as the sea, the sky, and human skin, uh, melting, but it cannot accurately colorize human-made objects like roofs and clothes. So there's this photo of of the bomb and going off in a very far away location. It's just kind of like this giant cloud, the mushroom cloud mm-hmm. type of idea. And there's a big sky. There's a huge cloud. There's some stuff in the atmosphere. There's a mountain mm-hmm. ridge, some sandy beaches, and then the sea. And these days with image segmentation the computer can automatically identify what parts of the picture are what and then begin to colorize them. It's not perfect at colorizing them, but you don't have to kind of click on each piece of the screen to colorize it. It will automatically identify what's what and then colorize it as appropriate. And then you can just go in with some little sliders on your computer screen and make the the hills greener or less green or or bluer or less blue. Or you can make the the atom bomb cloud a little bit more orangey because of what was inside of the, the, the nuclear chemicals or whatever it's called. But it's pretty interesting um, because a lot of these people are very old now and they don't know how to use computers very well. Uh, And this kind of helps them to not really like celebrate, but to 
uh, remember what it was actually like um, 75 Relive years ago. Relive the hell they lived through in their life. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, they kind of, went, once you're 95 years old, you're probably just like, yeah, that was a fucked up time in my life. You look at a picture, <laughs> and it's black and white, and you're like, no, oh, it doesn't really do it justice. But then these young guys yeah. come in with an AI program and go, oh, no, if you just put this photo uh, in this, take a picture with the smartphone, it will automatically colorize it. And the, then the old person goes, yeah, it's about 80% right. And then they just spend, you know, an extra 10, 15 minutes to configure, to jigger, jigger the coloration and then get it right. And then they're like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's exactly what it looked like when my country was ruined by American nuclear technology. Uh, can I give me, let me give you some more trivia. Did you know that the first atomic bombing of Hiroshima, Matt, um, Hiroshima was not the initial target. That's right. It was a cloudy day, wasn't it? And they couldn't really find what was yeah. going on. I think that's happened the, in Nagasaki as well. Yeah, the, the initial target was a city next to um, Fukuoka called Kokura. And it was too cloudy there to drop the bomb. Kokura is basically a, not the same kind of thing, like a fishing, fishing village and whatever. But my mom was from Kokura. Oh, wow. So had that happened, um, it, had that happened, probably I wouldn't be here, and you'd be doing the Mad Bigelow show. And uh, <laughs> yes, and <laughs> mm, uh, we'll call him Little Boy. Yeah. So, anyways, that, that's just some yeah. trivia. Um, so recently, it's still technically all of this COVID stuff and. It's weird because when back in like it's it's almost September now. Back in January when I was looking into this, I didn't really think it would last this long. And now I feel like I have to um, defend myself because the numbers are being are basically manipulated and used at this point for political purposes. And I don't mean that they're fake, and I don't mean that the virus is fake. I I don't. I don't, I'm not one of those people who says, this is not a virus, it's just the cold. No, no, I, I believe all of this. But recently um, in Okinawa, they declared the highest rate of emergency because all of the new cases uh, of, of coronavirus in uh, Okinawa. Uh, I may as well just play this clip. We start with okay. the COVID-19 situation here in Tokyo. Officials say they've confirmed 389 new cases on Friday. It's the first time yeah. in five days that the daily tally of infections has gone above 300. More than half of the new cases are people in their 20s and 30s. Tokyo has 14 million people. Total cases here now exceed 17,000. All right, so there's That's seven. totally false. That's totally false. There's 32 million people in the Tokyo metropolitan area. Oh, well, he, he means with... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But uh, going back to Okinawa for a second, um, before July... They were mm -hmm. doing almost no testing all year. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. starting in the middle of July, they started doing thousands of tests every few days. Mm. And now they have a total of 1,500 uh, cases in Okinawa since they started testing. And then the governor goes and clears a national emergency. Now, every day you have like 40 or 50 people being discharged, and the total amount of deaths the whole year in Okinawa is 11. Oh. So I don't see – it's really strange. Like, I wonder if um, politicians are using this for some sort of well, – make themselves I, look good. I don't know. 
I, I still think you should consider, Matt, and you are the only person that I've actually told this to, what I mentioned maybe two weeks ago, that the actual end game is altering the Constitution to change Article 9. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, of course, uh, Okinawa being a military uh, center for American presence might be um, part of... But the, the, the Okinawa governor, his, he's like this anti-war type of dude, you know? Danny Tamaki. Danny Tamaki. Yeah. Um, in, in Tokyo as well, uh, the, the report said, oh, most of the cases are people in their 20s. They, that's, that's all they're really testing. The, the amount of deaths are basically people in their 70s and 80s, but yeah. those are the people yeah. they're testing the least, and they're just going around testing all these young people. We don't know if they're symptomatic, asymptomatic, if, if they're critically ill. I mean, recently um, discharged in Tokyo, like 300 to 500 people are being discharged every day, in, uh, you know, and up to four or 500 people are being um, testing positive uh, so in the total amount of deaths since the beginning of July, and this is August 15th, has been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13. So there's been 13 deaths in a month and a half, and we're supposed to be shitting our pants all the time because of this. And on the TV, they put like the emergency, date. The, the state of emergency was lifted just as the amount of cases started increasing again. But it's like, well, that's when he really started boosting testing amongst people in their 20s as well. But it's, it's, it's really strange. This is what I've noticed, is that depending on the type of media you receive, it really only is like one type of information stream. So when you go mm -hmm. to um, scientific websites, like the one I was using for Toyo Keizai that uses data sets and comparisons, it's, it's quite good. But the news needs to find a problem, right? So there's this yeah. many deaths, and this is the problem. They kind of leap well, into it. I, and if you're I on TikTok, on TikTok, who, the whole thing, and then I'll, I'll let you go, uh, it was just nurses dancing in empty hospitals. So if you're on TikTok, you're just watching endless amounts of nurses dancing in empty hospitals. If you're watching the news, it's this cases and young people and hosts but then if you go on to like internet websites, you just get a whole bunch of data with no explanation of what it means. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, well, um, I think uh, I got this um, article written by a guy who writes for Lou Rockwell the other day. And um, I don't know if you guys know Lou Rockwell, lourockwell.com. It's an, uh, what's it called? Um, libertarian site. It's like a blog. Uh, People do essays from various yeah, types of perspective very famous writers there and uh this guy had written that uh his his um theme was that this whole coronavirus thing is actually a ploy to get donald trump unelected uh, have him lose the next election well uh, it's it's theory as good as any because actually nobody I, knows I, what's actually, going on i read that i read it and i thought hey Actually, this makes sense to me. And what's going on in the, the United States, which I don't really pay attention to because that place is a mess. Anyway. Really is. Um, I've come to think that, yeah, this, this makes sense. And the whole corona deal and all of this misreporting on 140,000 people dead. I mean, they, they, 
they they some guy had corona, a twenty year old, and he gets in a motorcycle accident and dies, and they say he's dead from corona. They're testing papayas in Africa that have that come back positive for COVID. <laughs> I heard they also had an eighty percent um, error. In some cases, yeah, because a lot of the yeah. equipment is being produced in China super quickly in the midst of a huge breakdown in supply chains, and there's really no way to confirm if it's um, effective or not. Uh, that happened in the Czech Republic and in Luxembourg as well, where they they tested a lot of the equipment, and it had something like a, a, like a, a 50 to 80% like false positive rate at sometimes yeah. where even yeah. the, 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 the thing that takes your sample is infected with COVID-19. So it, it's like, it's really strange because I kind of look at this and I go, wait a minute, they're not telling us what's going on. But then I kind of go, I don't think anybody knows what's going on. That's kind of my conclusion. <laughs> like, like everybody is trying to use this for some sort of leaping platform. Like the technologists are like, ah, we can finally get rid of these humans from our warehouses and fill them with factories because of COVID-19. Like, I, but oh. uh, there's, I, I have talked to a few people who've known people who have, have had it and maybe have died in certain haunt spots. But it's not like I've seen people lining the streets and they're always like the Spanish flu is the same thing. And but you look at the Spanish flu and there's just people stacked and stacked, bodies everywhere. But I you know I, I live next to some hospitals in central Tokyo and the, I didn't see anybody really freaking out every time I walk past the hospitals every day. So no nobody knows what's that's the thing. Nobody knows what's going on, and there's opportunists everywhere. Yeah, well, I don't know. I have not met anyone who's even had COVID. COVID. I don't know anyone, no friends, no friends of friends. I haven't met, been told about it from anyone. Me neither. And if it's so prevalent, you would think that, oh, yeah, you know, the next door neighbor guy died from it. And he did die. But that was like six years ago. <laughs> and he had it. He had COVID-19. He died six years ago and he retroactively had it. Yeah. They, they, they so, tested his know. ashes. Um, so, but speaking of opportunities, there was a cluster protest. And then after this, we'll go into the interview. But uh, on August 9th, a number of party supporters uh, gathered for a cluster protest outside Shibuya mm -hmm. Station where people held up placards that read, masks, social distancing, the three C's, self-restraint, not necessary. The group, uh. which included women with babies and toddlers, were all unmasked for the three-hour-plus uh, protest outside the station. In a YouTube yeah. video uploaded to his channel the day before the protest, Hiratsuka, the organizer of the event, encouraged people to join him in hijacking the Amanote line with unmasked passengers after the demonstration mm -hmm. so that passengers with masks would feel stupid for wearing them. Oh. Well, I can give you an example. And I think it was 2005 when SARS first came out. Yes, SARS. They, they, told, us, they told us 150 million people were going to die. Yes. from this SARS thing. And I was working at a radio station announcing the news, so I, I know what I'm talking about here. And actually, that was the, the time when I realized, I don't want to read this news anymore. This is nonsense. And then I used to walk down by the station, and there was masks on sale, gloves on sale, all sorts of stuff like that. And anyways, one day I had to go to the doctor, 
anyway. And I walked into the doctor and I knew the receptionist and people pretty well. And I said to the girl, I, I think I have SARS. <laughs> she was like, she was like, oh no, no, oh no, 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 check your temperature now. And then they checked my temperature. And I said, nah, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't have SARS. But <laughs> they don't like total that. SARS. People panic. No, they don't people like that. Freak out. <laughs> I got people messaging total. me telling me to listen to the latest uh, Noah. Uh, what's that comedian guy uh, who, in uh, the South African in America? Noah. Trevor Noah. Uh, I don't know. Trevor Noah. Oh. They're like, oh, you got to, if you run a podcast, you have to listen to Trevor Noah's take on the COVID. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, and anyway, um, uh, at that time, they said 150 million people were going to die from SARS worldwide today. And you can check it on uh, Wiki, Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia right now. Uh, I think it's like 800 people have died worldwide. From SARS. And then SARS goes away. The swine flu went away. The yeah. Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, MERS or MERS, went away. Yeah. So I don't see why we're always comparing COVID to the Spanish flu of 1917 that killed 50 million people. This seems to be very similar to all the other types of Chinese viruses we've had since SARS, since yeah. swine flu and all these other things. And notice how nobody ever talks about Wuhan and the bats anymore. It's like, no, no, no. It became Trump's fault. It's like, what are you talking about? This is the crazy thing about Americans uh, abroad is that everything always becomes, a not always, but frequently everything goes back to America. And it's like, I, I want to focus. That's what I, I eventually what I want to do with this podcast is focus more on, on Southeast Asia and East Asia, the greater co-East prosperity fear for the sphere for the podcast <laughs> but it is kind of strange it's like no you can't talk about the bats and you can't talk about wuhan because that's racist but now oh, is so it? we just always have to talk about trump's fault it's like ah it's really strange because every time i talk to somebody who's not american and not super liberal they're totally open to talking about the virus coming from wuhan and coming from china and these are people with from countries of what? hundreds of millions of people and sometimes billions of people. So billions and billions of people don't think it's racist, but you're from this tiny subset of society that kind of lives in an echo chamber and you think it's racist. So you think it, everything, everybody thinks it's racist, but in actuality, you're just a very noisy group of people that keep on insisting that something is racist, that no one else really thinks it's racist outside of your tiny group. It's, it's really strange. It's, I, I kind of, I don't like it. I don't like it very much at all. Stupid. No, no. I, and I agree with you. Um, but you know, we, we really should do right here. Yeah. We should make our prediction for the U S general election. I don't even know when it is. November what? November third, third or something is it like before that? or after the assassination of JFK. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you're but, an American. Uh, I don't know when yeah, it but, is, but I know how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I um, have lived in Japan for like 36 or seven years, and I don't vote. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. And I don't give a that, shit about this. That's the other thing I like. All. What? You don't support the liberals? That makes you a no, Republican. It's like, no. no, shut up. What is this? No, no. Stop it. I, I, I believe, You're not seven I believe, years old. You're not seven years yeah. old, people. Grow up. I, I believe there's no difference, basically, between a Republican and a Democrat. Yeah. Basically. Well, also, most people 
don't seem to remember that being independent is an option. Yeah, well, so anyway, so my prediction, and you're going to get a lot of hate mail. My prediction, and I have been right every year since 1976, picking the president presidential election. The first time and only time. It's every four years, Mike. Four. Not every year. Yeah, I know. Four years. Yeah, thanks. Thanks there. Yep. But um, the first president I ever voted for was Jimmy Carter in 1976. And then by 1980, I kind of thought, nah, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. It's a waste of time. But to the point, um, I believe that Trump will win 46 states. Yeah, I'm, I, I think, I'm seeing a landslide as well. The The news keeps on saying, oh, Trump is struggling and Biden's 15 points ahead. Man, up until <laughs> no. the evening of the previous election, it was like 95% chance Clinton's going to win. And the next day, Trump won, and none of the news media covered their own mistakes. So there's a huge well, amount of error going on with what, what Kool-Aid they're shoving up their asses. Yeah, well, you know... Um, the last time their predictions were grossly wrong, but it's true. If a telephone polis calls you. Is that what it's called polis? Polish? Yes. <laughs> a telephone person calls you up for a survey and says, yeah, we'd like to know who you're going to vote for president. No one in their right mind would say, I'm going to vote for Trump. Yeah. Cause they're worried they're Antifa's is going to show up and burn their babies, <laughs> burn their, burn their house down yeah. and stuff like that. So then demand reparations do- and then shoot you in the head. So anyway, I got, 46 states voting for Trump, maybe 47 states. How yeah. about you, Matt? Um, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't whittled it down to the state level yet, but uh, I, I see the the divide um, growing, and by that I mean the sliver of people who are who are like everything is racist people. They're going to get more yeah. fervent, but fewer because most uh, homeowners and, and people that just want to lead a regular life that is not totally centered around identitarian politics are getting more and more tired of, 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 of watching Oregon protests on Twitter every day and then having it denied by their elected officials. Um, they're, they're just people, common sense is still something that's very true, especially outside of the, the city uh, in America, I believe. Not, not necessarily... Um, algebra, but common sense. So a lot of people are going to go, well, here's this Joe Biden guy who can't seem to string three sentences together, uh, or there's this Trump guy who just wants businesses. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go for this Trump guy, because between a rock and a hard place, um, there's something weird going on (laughs) with the left right now, and and more and more people are are tired of it. Um, That actually... actually, Yeah? Mm. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that brings us to the to the interview. I don't want to talk too much about the American election okay, right okay. now. Uh, Saku Yanagawa is a comedian, and we're going to interview him. And he has actually a little bit to say. He's a little bit tired of being a comedian. He's a little bit tired of, of the liberal bias as well. We don't get too much into it, but we do a little bit. So let's go into the interview, and then we'll come out after and uh, continue. Joining us now is comedian Saku Yanagawa, who started off 
a, from Osaka and got his footing in America in Chicago, uh, where he appeared on the Laugh Factory there. And he's recently also been featured in Japan, in the Japan Times. Uh, former athlete turned comedian. He was rising through the ranks in Chicago and expanding through American tours when COVID threw a tire iron into everything. And he's joining us now to talk about it. Saki Yanagawa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much again. Was my, uh, was my introduction more or less correct? Uh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how is, is it, what do you think about what's going on? I, I've been listening to some American podcasts recently. Uh-huh. Uh, just by accident, I was listening to Joey Diaz today. Oh, uh, wow. The Church of What's Happening Now is his podcast. And he was saying <laughs> they're quitting. He's moving back from L.A. to New Jersey. Joe Rogan's moving out from from uh, L.A. to Austin. So is Elon Musk. You are in Chicago. Now Chicago's <laughs> kind of going crazy from what I can tell. Yeah, so definitely. what's going on, Saku? Well, I'm pretty good, actually. Um, yeah, the last show was March, though. But uh, I've been doing good. I've been playing baseball uh, as a hobby. And uh, I got tanned a lot. Yes, you're very dark now. Like you're from Okinawa or something. Uh, yeah, I'm pretending actually. Yeah. So you're back at baseball. So yeah. What's um what was it like in the COVID situation and when did you come back to Japan? Actually, I came back to Japan um at the beginning of, of June. Uh, but I was in Chicago, uh March, April, May, and you know. That is awful because suddenly all of the show got canceled and the loss of my jobs. And um, yeah, I had to do some podcast and YouTube, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't be on stage from that. Do you miss being on stage? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because actually I, I technically uh, performed in front of live audience last week. I was kind of a lecture and workshop event in my high school in Tokyo. And <laughs> yeah, everyone was sitting down on the floor in the gym and uh, people wore, wore masks. So now it's whole different, whole different situation. But, uh, you know, I was enjoying, I enjoyed it. What about um, using these uh, types of surreal events oh. to turn it into a roasting? Where, where you just make fun of everybody for acting like such weirdos <laughs> in the COVID all, crisis. Yeah, all I can do is to bitch about people's room. Like if if I can find people who, who are doing Zoom and if I can find Hello Kitty poster in their house, I, I can say that. But or you can just I, lie and say, why is Mein Kampf on your bookshelf? What, <laughs> what's with all the Hitler paraphernalia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely I can get power for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the uh, Zoom stand-up is the worst for me, actually. It's I was going to ask about that. So there's a variety of somewhat um, alternatives, digital alternatives. There's yeah. Zoom stand-up, and there's drive-in stand-up, <laughs> and oh, then wow. there's drive-in parking lot yeah. where people honk their horns as a form of applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one did anything. No one, yeah. <laughs> So I, I didn't get any honks, so probably I did good. <laughs> <laughs> no honks. But the thing is, yeah, 
most of the time people mute and you know turn off the camera so i feel like i talk in front of camera like i feel like you know i'm in the i'm in the shower you know <laughs> practicing yeah. my set you can't even whack off not at all <laughs> <laughs> uh what was the um the the high school thing like why why did that happen were they sad and they needed someone for jokes um <laughs> i gotta tell i kinda told such a good story like how to survive how to i mean how to survive or like a i mean to be a good person <laughs> in front of my you know my kids so I don't know, like it was th 35 degrees. It was, it was really hot inside. So probably um, it was too hot for them that they couldn't do anything. That's the answer. <laughs> you know what? I used to teach this um, guy. He was like uh -huh. this guy at a Buddhist college. Ooh. Uh. And um, the Dalai Lama came to his school to talk. Uh -huh. The oh, real wow. Dalai Lama. And I was I was more optimistic back then. This was ten years ago when the Dalai Lama meant something. Uh, wow! And I said, "Wow, what was it like to have the Dalai Lama at your school?" And it was in the middle of August, and he said, "I can't remember. It was too hot." <laughs> that happens to for teenagers for sure. This guy was fifty five years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, heatness. Yeah. yeah, hope Tibet is not even hot like that. I guess not. But the Dalai Lama could handle it, but this Buddhist teacher couldn't. That really does show you how powerful the Dalai Lama is. Yeah, definitely. That's the difference between Dalai Lama and me, probably. Hmm, the heat. But I met I met him in Shinkansen, uh, like seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw him. I first I thought it was like a Dalai Lama cosplay guy. But uh, it was the true Dalai Lama. Was he in the reserved seating? Yeah, but um, it, it was a green car. Green car is like a first class yes. of Shinkansen in yes. Japan. But um, still, um, you know, it was with normal people. And uh, did you feel any sort of um, enlightenment, you know, as a person oh, who comes I'm from Catholic. a Buddhist? I'm Catholic. Oh, you're Catholic uh, yeah, Japanese. I was born and raised, but I quit. Since I met Dalai Lama, that's right. Yes, one <laughs> one one brush of his robes by chance in the yeah, Shinkansen yeah. converted yeah. you. Yes, he was drinking Crystal Geyser, the mineral water. So that's I always such remember. a dirty name, isn't it? Crystal Geyser. Yeah. Yeah. For Definitely. me, it's like some yeah. sort of jizz. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could imagine. Oh shit! I I I should have stopped drinking because of you. What? The crystal geyser? Yeah. Drink from my crystal geyser. <laughs> that's that's too horrible. <laughs> so when you left in June, mm -hmm. what was the uh, transformation like in America from the beginning of the COVID crisis in January to the ending mm -hmm. in June when you left? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I first, um, people thought it was... China vials, you're know talking about. Yeah. So when I walked on the street, I, Kung Flu. Kung Flu, yeah. Some people asked me, hey, he was not even asking. He said, go back where you came from. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I got like, okay. 
yeah, okay, I got one point finally. So when I get up, when I got up on stage, a guy said, "Hey, Corona." He was fucking drunk, but he was drinking Heineken. So I was like, "Hey, waiter, uh, bring three three Corona beer for him." <laughs> it's not my, you know, it's not on me, it's on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that shit. Awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. It's but, it's weird it, in these kinds yeah. of like virus times. Everybody wants to blame the other. Like I've heard, <laughs> yeah. I've heard of like um, Chinese uh, McDonald's stores banning black people. Be- wow! Because of coronavirus, <laughs> that's that's kind of twisted. They, that's twisted. They hold up these English signs that say, uh, "We're sorry, friends, but you're not allowed in here because you're black and there's the coronavirus." Wow! We apologize if this causes any inconvenience, friends. <laughs> like they put the wow. word they put the word friends in there. <laughs> wow! I definitely do kneeling on McDonald's next time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wow. And um, really, yeah. So all of these other eh, places kind of do that, and then Japan as well. It was like, oh, well, nobody's, no one foreign is coming here anymore. And exactly. They, they, yeah. So I, it's kind of weird how every country has their own way of just sort of saying, yeah. "Fuck off!" When a when a virus hits, everyone is frustrated so much that you know their anger goes everywhere, especially you know foreigners and outsiders, right? Mm. Yeah, that's stupid. I I I'm I've been always outsider for everyone, so that's why everyone gets mad at me all the time. Even my wife gets mad. Really? Well, she should. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's kind of her job. Yeah, but, um, she's cranky. Uh, I noticed. So recently, uh, a few months ago, I was wearing a mask a lot uh-huh. outside. Yeah, but yeah. now that it's summertime in Japan, I don't wear a mask when it's thirty-five degrees outside. You know, because exactly. if it's, you want to die, wear mask. Yeah, but uh, sometimes I get a mixture of looks, and sometimes mm. there's like these like a uh, real sort of like uh, foreigner types that are like, oh, I will wear a mask and try to be super Japanese, and these guys look <laughs> at me and they sometimes like point and they look, and I just look back at them with no mask and I look them straight in the eye and I keep on walking because <laughs> I'm a free man. That's why. Oh. Yeah, that's why sometimes I think I wish I could be foreigners. Yeah, here in this country. But I wear a mask on the the subway and I wear a mask in elevators and shit like that just because, you know, I don't want to be too much of a dick. But when it's 35 (laughs) degrees and it's outside and sunny, maybe it's okay to not wear a mask. Yeah, but on the train is a different story, right? Yeah, that's where it could be, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I kind of realized, you know, when people drink something or eat something, it's exception. We don't have to wear a mask, right? Yes. And that's why I decided to keep eating or keep drinking something on the train. Ah. Oh. So as not to wear a mask. My beer is a mask. So far. <laughs> My outdoor beer is a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good the point. Same, same theory of McDonald's in China. Yeah, it's twisted. I was, sure. uh, I was, I work in the Maranouchi area of Tokyo. It's a new job yeah, I yeah, got, yeah. and there's a whole bunch of mm. outdoor terraces outside of the restaurants, and it's kind of weird because it's like mm. all of these people come up to this restaurant, and they're all wearing masks, and then they sit wow. down at a table three feet away, and everyone takes off their mask. Wow! Because the virus doesn't attack tables. 
and it doesn't attack liberals. These are the two things that the mask that the virus exactly, doesn't yeah. attack. Yeah, yeah, Tables yeah. Tables and liberals. I don't know. What, I don't know. Can you? Yeah, that's the best combination, though. Yeah, the best combination. Liberal on the table. That's the best way. Yes. Liberal table. Yeah, I'm gonna. I thought just, I was super liberal, but uh, recently, yeah, the situation has been changing, right? Oh, I think so, and I think it's getting safer to say as well. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what liberal is. Me neither. No, it's it's it, it's it's very different depending on where you go. Of course, there isn't really like yeah. an American liberal presence in Japan, except for. A lot of like English teachers and things like that, but that's where <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where the kind of most of them are, and and they might even be living here for like the past fifteen twenty years, so they're not mm-hmm. this part of like the recent five six seven eight years ago liberal types. So in yeah in Japan it's weird, but from what I see from like clips and news and stuff coming out of America, it, it seems a bit weird. What what, what do you mean by that, uh, Yanagawa-san? Saku. Mm, I don't know, like, okay, so first of all, the middle point is nowhere. Then we're talking about like uh, the conservative, liberal, right wing, left wing, but I don't know where's the middle right now because yeah. it's too divided. I mean, it's time of division, right? So everyone becomes drastic and fundamental. So, yeah. So because of SNS problem, I believe. So because uh, Facebook, that kind of thing, um, they just get together only the same opinion with the only same opinion. And talking about like, then yeah, that's why I cannot catch up with them. And it changes yeah, so people, quickly as well. Exactly. People Do you remember ten years back. ago when we we would just mm-hmm. talk about whales all the time? <laughs> yeah 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 i always said that shit because what, yeah, what happened to the whales blame. i haven't heard about whales for years me neither people stop thinking of whales yeah i still keep eating the whales yeah sometimes i've had whale once it was not bad in ski not that bad, but not so good so you know there's no reason why I have to keep eating or keep paying for yeah, this shit. Yeah, let's admit it. Whale is only good if there's nothing left to eat. This is something weird that we can come back to this liberal thing later, but I've noticed that the defense in Japan over the whale industry, it's like it's a cultural thing and we need to hunt these whales and we need to promote whale eating, but... I've lived in Japan yeah. for 14 years and people are always like saying, let's go out for some fucked up shit, you know? Let's go out and mm-hmm. eat like a nama uh, tori reba or something like that. It's like, all right, yeah. fresh chicken liver sounds good. Fugu as well. It's like this super yeah. poisonous fish. There's fugu restaurants everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody once has said to me or if I've heard about it in a group where I'm not supposed to be listening said, Kujira tabetai. I want to I've eat never whale. Said that shit. So it's really um, strange that this whole whaling industry is going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We only eat the, I don't know, extra part of whale after, no, after getting oil. Yeah. And even then, what, who, but yeah, mm-hmm. so anyways, all right. But I'm pretty sure um, the eating whale, the culture of eating whale came from, America or like other countries, we, we didn't start it out. We were big into it for a while. 
the Western world. Yeah, right. Everything was whale oil. That's why Matthew Perry came to Japan, right? From France? To get oil from. Matthew Perry. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, the first American uh, guy. Commodore Matthew Perry, who arrived in his black ships in Shizuoka and Machida City in about the 1830s or 1860s, sometime around there. Yeah. 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 Forcibly yeah. opened Japan up. Yeah. Yeah. We're Americans and we're class. here for business. We don't yeah, want any business. You know, My gun is business. Get it? <laughs> Where's he from? Alabama? Uh, Matthew Perry? I don't know. We can yeah. consult uh, Wikipedia here. Uh, there is a solution we did during that time when Matthew Perry came to Japan. Sorry? Our shogun, yes. Japanese shogun, decided to put uh, fat small wrestlers uh, on the sh- seashore so that <laughs> America get freaked out. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, but I bet you it did because it is a weird thing, you know? Uh, okay matthew c perry going from wikipedia he was a commodore of the united states navy who commanded ships in several wars including war of 1812 and the mexican-american war he played a leading uh, role in opening up the role uh, role of opening up opening of japan sorry to the west with the convention of kanagawa in 1854 Um, early life Member of the Perry family. He was born in South Kingston, R-I-U-S. What's R-I? Ireland. I'll... No. What? What's Kingston R-I? Why would that be details in Wikipedia? What's R-I? Uh, you're, you're from America now. <laughs> Is it? Rhode Island. Uh, Rhode Island, you said? Uh, yes. We got yeah, to the bottom yeah, yeah. of it in a very podcasting way. Wikipedia. Wow. <laughs> Rhode Island? Live. Yeah, he's from Rhode Island, uh, so that makes sense that he has a boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely. Like, like fatherly brothers, right? So, how does this... Mm. Where Do you see any of this coming back? Whale hunting, liberals, comedy... Which one do you think is the likeliest to come back? I think whale hunting is last. <laughs> whale hunting, whale hunting <laughs> yeah, will survive. Should be. I mean, comedy should be earlier. Because yeah. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. You know what I mean? Like, is it? Is it done? Do you? Th- what do you think of like? You, as you're, you're this I mean, guy. Just... You like so you you've put your your eggs in this basket called comedy. And for mm-hmm. the past five, ten years, American comedy has been like, there's been some great shit happening in American comedy for the past ten mm-hmm. years, especially. But after this, with the divide, and then with all of these people getting so weird on each other, the sheep reporting on the sheep, you know, with this COVID stuff. Yeah, I want. Yeah, do you, yeah. What? What do you? What? What kind of projections do you have? What do you see? What's going on, man? Well, I don't know because I've never been back on stage yet, but I'm pretty sure in the first stage, people talk about only COVID stuff. You know, that's kind of homework. But after that, I don't know. I don't want to be white. I don't want to be white comedian anymore because people people get offended easily, right? Also, it's a time of cancel culture right now. So if they say something race, if, even if it's not, 
even offensive, people get accused easily right now. Yeah, they're looking yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's searching. Yeah, so that's really scary for me. Um, so people, some comedians, I'm pretty sure they will uh, stay away from racial stuff. And some people will be like clean, um, like, you know, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, so, but ethnic comedians would talk about their own stuff still, probably. Um, but I mean, too much self-deprecating will disappear, I, I, I believe. Okay, it's time of diversity, right? So all they have to do is right now probably um, to be proud of their, themselves, especially their race, their gender, and their ethnicity, and make fun of America or American culture. That's what they do. I mean, that's what they do from our perspective. How healthy is that? Not even healthy. <laughs> You've noticed this shift in the past five, ten years as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Definitely. Just like... I was in the middle of that shit. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whole, whole different. Because, you know, if people watched uh, comedians set from 80s, they get surprised. I mean, young generation gets surprised for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they haven't looked at anything else out of their smartphone. <laughs> they don't fuck anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. so I've noticed that in 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 Japan, this kind of woke culture or cancel culture doesn't exist. Do you no, do you see it coming to Japan? Um, another the shape is different. You know, I'm talking about like. Um, some feminism um, exists for sure, but uh, not uh, for the TV TV stuff. On the t- television, people still bitch about women, and it's pe- people still. Uh, I mean, there's so many sexists in on television, and uh, body shaming doesn't exist. <laughs> still, comedians, Japanese comedians, talk about, uh, "Hey, you're fat, or you're bold, and something like that." So I think, yeah. But the thing is, Japanese people still believe that America is a free country. People can talk about anything. <laughs> That's the thing. So when I say I'm doing comedy in America, people people say, "Wow, you must be free, huh? You talk about race and <laughs> anything." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Japanese people drive cars like this. White people drive <laughs> cars like this. It's like this. <laughs> still classic. Yeah, yeah, but not so much anymore. Huh? So I've, I've noticed that uh, yeah, Japan is is not really um, going down this road, and it, it's it's kind of interesting to see that perhaps it's very island, right? Island culture. Yeah, and there's also like a kind of a uh, a pragmatic like if it's useful, it will mm-hmm. happen. But yeah, if it's exactly. not useful, don't really want it at all. That's kind of a a trend in, uh, in exactly in yeah. Yeah, that's why Japanese people love the word cost performance. Yes. Kostopa. Yeah. Kostopa takai. Kostopa takai. Yeah, everyone said that shit. Yeah. I don't even know the meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, kostopa it means good, right? That's yeah. why everyone loves Matsuya. Everyone loves Matsuya. Everyone oh, yeah. lining up, lining up on Matsuya. Yeah. I don't get it. 
I don't get it either. I'd I'd rather get some uh, tsukeme ramen, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kostopa ga takai. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's still like I I came back to Japan and got surprised by the the price for the uh, restaurants. It's really cheap. In Japan, the right? Combini- yeah, Japan, and I think the half price of America. Me too. Everywhere, and there's no tipping. Right? There, there's been no a, tipping. There's been a massive shift in the past ten years that very few people want to talk about. The past ten years have seen the top ten global companies go from energy companies to social mm-hmm. media companies or internet yeah, yeah, companies. Yeah. Gafa, right? Yeah, Gafa is is the new is the new oil basically. Data is the new bacon. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Japan hasn't really gone through much of a shift, and we don't really have a lot of kind of millennial culture where people want to put like a flower in a shoe and charge ten thousand dollars for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that I'm a millennials, right? Yeah. I'm twenty eight. Yeah. I'm 40. Yeah, but... I, I'm the oldest possible millennial. Mm. And I'm you 40. You're 40? Yeah. Na- 90, 80. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be, could be. Yeah, mm. you're, you're part of millennials. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a millennial OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any plans to return to America and continue? Actually, in, in two weeks, I'll be going back. Okay, tell us about it. Yeah, um, you know, actually, I'm waiting for the embassy open. Then I have to do interview, and after that, I'll be going back to the US, and I'll, I'll do the festival. I was supposed to do uh, the shows in 20 states this this year, but I'm pretty sure I, I'll I won't be able to do that. So yeah, maybe five or ten, and hopefully, I I want to do uh, the solo 60 minutes show in Chicago this year. I was supposed to do it in November. NHK will filming. Will be filming. Oh, that's great! Yeah, as long as they can come. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. They already came. Yeah, they already came uh, in March. And on that day, Chicago was locked down. So yeah, they they filmed my cooking. Oh well, I'm sure you're a great comedic cook. Oh, yeah, I was trying to, but uh, they didn't use that footage. Uh, it's too crazy, man. It's too crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you are you planning on performing in Chicago mainly? Because I know that some of the southern states, like Florida, for example, right now are, are yeah, yeah. Pretty... I want to do actually, yeah, mainly Chicago, but I want to do the Deep South tour, like Green Book. Yeah. Especially the, I mean, the job of stand-up comedian is to perform in front of not only the same opinion people who have same opinion, but also people who got di- different opinion. Like not only liberal guys, but also conservative people. And if they, if I can make them laugh both, you know, that's that's that'd be really good. That's what I should do. And that's when you know you've hit the middle as well. What we're talking about before when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it it really is one of the best things to find is is people who are a little bit on both sides but can come together and and laugh their balls off. Yeah, it's the best. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you know the comedian said the different opinion, you know, if they can laugh at this, that'd be great balance. I think. Mm. 
Yeah, but if they get mad and if it, if they get offended easily and they make makes some comments on Facebook or something like that, that would be bad. <laughs> we we got to learn to put those things at the bottom part of the pyramid of importance. Like negative comments on Facebook, irrelevant. You know, uh, making money and people laughing, priority. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's, that's that's true true what i've always liked is uh when uh, i see uh clips from live comedy and somebody in the audience is laughing and then the comedian tells another joke and they immediately get offended and they stand up and they yell and everybody heckles them and then that person leaves and everybody is like telling them what kind of idiot they are as this they're leaving yeah, yeah, yeah. leaving the venue <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm tired of awesome. this situation yeah people you <laughs> should get together Right, people should yeah, it should be nice. <laughs> All right, yeah, but I cannot be nice comedian. Even, yeah, you're a bit salty, probably or, or sweet. Salty and sweet with Sakuyanago. Sakuyanago, yeah. uh, where can people find you? I know that your uh, website is sakuyanagawa.com. It's true, and my YouTube channel you can Google Sakuyanagawa. That's good. All right. Any uh, final uh, words to leave with the audience of the Japan What podcast? Um, Google Matthew Perry's history. Yes. That's good. He was very yes. rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Perry. That's it. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thanks, uh, Saku. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Donate to the Japan What Podcast by going to paypal.me forward slash Japan WUT. All right. So that was Sakuyanagawa. That was actually a solo interview. Um, I believe you were making money that day instead of me just talking to you. I I doubt making money. I think... uh... (laughs) Was out begging or something. Ah, streets. Yes, begging on Zoom. <laughs> I'm a Zoom beggar now. Zoom yeah. beggar indeed. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, I, I really like thinking about macro, big scale, the thirty-five thousand foot view. Uh, you know, not necessarily low resolution, but kind of zooming out of the minutia and. There was this account I was following for a while on Twitter, and they had um, the like the top ten companies of 2010 and the top ten companies of um, 2020. And this is the thing. So I'm going to ask you: Is it or is it is it the largest transfer of uh, technology and wealth the world has ever seen, or is it uh, the uh, not? Is it? Oh, is it? So this is the top 10 companies from 2010. Number one. Okay. <clears throat> my uh, throat was doing something weird. Walmart. Two, Exxon mm-hmm. Mobile. Mobile. Mm. Three, Chevron. Four, General mm. Electric. Five, mm. Bank of America. Six, mm. ConocoPhillips. Seven, AT&T. Eight Ford Motor, nine J.P. Morgan Chase, and ten Hewlett Packard. Oh, that was 2010. 2020, okay. one Amazon, two Google, three Apple, four Microsoft, five Samsung, 
6. ICBC, 7. Facebook, 8. Walmart, 9. Ping An, and 10. Huawei. Three of the 10 are from China in 2020. Oh, very bad. Very bad. Yes. Oh, we mm. think China needs to have more <laughs> percentage of world economy. We are number two now. We want number one. We have best price. So there we go. The, it, not only are they different companies, it's totally different technology. And the valuation is a lot higher too. So the valuation of ExxonMobil in 2010 was $284 billion. Uh, but the yeah. valuation of Amazon is $2.2 trillion. Well, what's interesting about this is um, Amazon, Google, Facebook, or whatever. Yes. Um, they Fang. don't make anything. They don't make anything. No, they're platforms. Yeah, they're platforms. But like uh, Exxon or, I mean, you might say Walmart doesn't make anything either. But um, uh, most, of the, most of the other, the older companies uh, made a product. Yeah, and it was a really difficult product to make. Um, extraction yeah. of, of resources and energy and making it and putting it into people's houses. I mean, it's so advanced, the electricity doesn't even fall out of my wall. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but, you know, um, the price of oil, I think maybe in 2010, the price of oil was $140 yeah, a barrel. Yeah, I remember that, it? 140 150 bucks a barrel, yeah. yeah. And, and now so it's down now to what like is it? 9 or 10 I don't know. <laughs> I can look it up. So it not only do these companies not make anything, but their 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 valuation is is double or triple or quadruple that in 10 years. And but yeah. pe- people kind of just walk around still thinking it's like just like 2010, we just have smartphones now. But it's it's no, the the total global economy has completely shifted. And now we're in a a new era. And all of these new companies kind of came in with things like, ah, on Facebook, you can upload your photos. And Amazon, you can get books. But then it turns into this total surveillance panopticon. It's it's totally yeah. weird. Let's see the price of oil. Price of oil. Oh, I'm looking on Dissenter. I shouldn't. Uh, oilprice.com. Crude oil prices and gas price charts. Do they just tell you? And websites don't tell you anything anymore. That's what I... <laughs> <clears throat> have you noticed that? Like 10, minute, 10 15 minute. years ago, well, you'd go to a website and it would tell you stuff. And now it's just like graph interactive graphics that don't do anything. Okay, I'll, I'll look on Chrome. Yeah, I got, okay, I got it here. Oilprice.com. Just a second here. <laughs> no, it's not going to tell you anything. Oil price today. No, it's 40... Uh, 42.23. So, okay. 42, yeah. But it was uh, a lot lower than that. In yeah, April, that's, it that's was... actually a pretty good recovery. And now we got pop-ups. Start trading oil now. <laughs> yeah, it was no down thanks. to $18 a barrel back in, in April, uh, probably because of the COVID. So anyways, I thought that was pretty oh. interesting. I like looking at these type of very basic comparative charts and kind of going, man, is shit different. Shit is so different. All of the jobs are different too. I kind of predicted that um, the uh, bankers, all of these people that we get angry at just from pushing numbers around, all they do is just push numbers around and make millions of dollars. All of those types of people are going to eventually work in tech markets and AI, moving um, data sets around from one data set to another to improve the the efficacy of, of artificial intelligence 
they'll improve it by like 0.003% and make millions of dollars based on the amount of trading that goes on from that improvement. And I kind of see all of these people who study data science as becoming the next type of banker class. Oh. And if you look at the market, I have no comment. Yeah. I have no comment. Uh, I don't understand data science at all. And uh, I don't understand drilling oil out of the ground either. <laughs> no, me neither. I got in trouble for using the word seep in the wrong way from some, some Asian man who knows English better than I do. <laughs> um, but finally, considering all this data science and networks, Japan is beginning to produce self-driving tractors. Have you heard about that? Oh. Have you seen self-driving tractors before? No. They're pretty cool. I mean, the thing about um, self-driving tractors is that a field is generally square um, and you yeah. don't have a lot of people there. So it's not like you're going to be wandering around some school zone and, and doing doing all of that. So the whole idea of a self-driving tractor kind of makes sense. And don't forget that there is this plan. The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. And that, again, I play that a lot, but I want people to know that the Japanese elites from the Keidan-ren have decided, and they put out that commercial to tell everybody they are moving forward with this AI automated society, whether you like it or not. It's, it's just like the people who said, I will never use a credit card on the internet, you know? And then what do you know? Uh, everybody starts using credit cards on the internet, whether you like it or not. I kind of realized that when I was in a subway and I could update my credit card information between stations for my Apple account and then download songs oh. inside of the tube. So Anyways, this new self-driving tractor is completely badass. It's got tank treads. It has like an evil face on it. It's got um, armor. It looks like a weapon, but it's actually just a, a tractor. Uh, so this the self-driving tractor is the SL60A, which was launched by agricultural machinery giant Kubota Corp. in 2017. Uh, once a person first rides in it and drives around the edge of the paddy, the tractor memorizes the field's shape and size. The tractor then calculates the best route and drives automatically, shoveling and plowing the field in place. Normally, when a tractor is driven by a human, it meanders, um, so there's efficiency problems. Uh, but this tractor is about 11 million uh, yen, which is about 1.5 times as much as a non-automated tractor. But while the tractor is doing its thing, the farmer can go and do other things. So that's kind of the advantage there. Like play pachinko or smoke cigarettes <laughs> pachinko, and drink. Smoke cigarettes, drink, yeah. I'm going to drink while this tractor does the work. But uh, it's this whole push to get people out of the city and back into the fields in a, in a certain way. And if, if, if a future Japanese farmer is 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 continuing the toil. It's not really attractive to younger people. But if you're like this 25-year-old person who has a robot and a drone that can analyze the amount of greenery in your field and then use weather patterns to predict when is a good time to 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 do whatever you do want to do on a farm. Yeah. It kind mm -hmm. of it, it kind of sounds cool. Like I wouldn't mind having a All right, a small I'll take the job. Plant. I'll take the job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get out of the city. 
And we're seeing it right now. Uh, so teleworking is going on and everything's going to be on Zoom. Uh, Zoom is going to be the next number one company. That's my prediction. Oh. Well, you know, um, um, what was I going to say? I've totally forgotten. Oh. Um, about um, people, you know, it, it's uh, Obon season now. That's right. So some people, generally Japanese, go home. I mean, to their parents' house or whatever, they go home. But I heard this year, very few people from Tokyo are going out back home to the country because people in the country don't want Tokyo people coming there. Yeah, we're the diseased ones. Yeah, we're the diseased ones. <laughs> I kind of had that that joke. It's like you come up, you, you, you're you traveling, and you come up to a small town, and the people are like, where are you from? I'm from Tochigi. <laughs> did you say to- tokyo no uh, totori <laughs> no not tokyo not me that place sucks yeah um in fact so few people are going back to their hometowns that taxi services are uh launching gla- uh, glaive grave cleaning services Oh, that's a good idea. A taxi company has expanded its services to include visiting family gravesites on behalf of their clients as a mean of coping with the new normal amid the spread of the novel coronavirus. Miyazaki mm. Daiichi Kotsu expected this year that due to the prolonged pandemic, many people would forego visiting their hometowns during the Bon holiday break that often includes paying respects at family graves. Last Friday, the Miyazaki Reien Cemetery, the taxi company, held a training workshop on how to conduct grave cleaning rituals. A 52-year-old driver wiped a gravestone, changed flowers, replaced water, and offered uh, incense. He put his hands together in prayer before and after the procedure and then took pictures to send to the client via post. Um, so, yeah. so there's Well, this, that's a good idea. It's not bad. It, it's like 5,000 mm-hmm. yen plus the one-way uh, taxi charge. Wow. And there's this picture of Let's a... Let's see, you've got some people thinking about, you know, what people really need. To, and a lot of people will use that. The In Japan, Bon is actually a very serious holiday. And a lot of people believe that their, their ancestors' spirits return to the family grave, the family site. Yeah. And they clean it. Even, they, though, even though no Japanese is Shinto, but they still follow a Shinto tradition. Yeah, it's really strange. It's this weird combination. Yeah. Like the emperor is Shinto, but very few people are. Most people follow a more of a Buddhist lifestyle, whether they admit to it or not. But are, are we almost out of time? Uh, we're almost out of time. I just wanted to say that there's this picture of this taxi guy cleaning the gravesite, and I can just mm-hmm. imagine all of the ancestors gathering around their ghosts returning mm. and they find this taxi driver there and they're all like who the hell is this guy <laughs> <laughs> but the last the last thing so for a lot of foreigners listening here japanese people are very non-religious they'll yeah. they'll say they're non-religious but they'll have weddings at a christian church they'll have funerals at a buddhist temple and every year in summertime and in new years they will go to a shinto shrine and like that's basically everybody. But you, you ask them like, "What religion are you?" They'll be like, no. "No, I don't follow any." No, I'm not religion. religion. I, I think I think the culture is the religion. Being Japanese yeah. is is the religion. Yeah. Uh, but one thing, final thing before we go, to to show mm. that there's all sorts of things with all of the face masks being produced. Some guy using the innovative funny technique often associated with Japanese goofy products. He, he invented a ramen face mask, 
where oh. it, it looks like a bowl of ramen is hanging off the front of your face, and mm-hmm. there's little vents underneath where your glasses go, and it's designed mm-hmm. so that you're breathing and your glasses fog up, and it looks like you're mm-hmm. wearing a hot bowl of ramen on your face. Well, that's... A- <laughs> I I don't need that. I might... When I wear a mask, my glasses fog up anyway. Me too. Uh, so there we go. All right. That's all the time we have for you today. All right. So thank you for joining us on the Japan What Podcast. I didn't plug at all. We didn't plug, but make sure to go to uh, MatthewPandBigelow.com and uh, search Japan What and start streaming. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm Shadowband on Facebook. I can't use their advertising because of the crazy Marxists in Tokyo that, that I don't know what they did, but... Facebook uh, aimed the gun and took the shot, and here I am. I need uh, I need your support. So thank you very much, everybody. I think I paid too much.